Welcome to the Reminger Report podcast on emerging technologies. Reminger Co. LPA is a full-service law firm with over 150 lawyers spread across 14 offices and serving states throughout the Midwest. My name is Zach Pyers, and I'm a partner in Reminger's Columbus, Ohio office. And I'm Kenton Steele, an associate in Reminger's Columbus office. This podcast on emerging technologies will examine how changes in technology and business models affect our daily lives and how the law is adapting to respond to these changes. Welcome to another edition of the Reminger Report podcast on emerging technologies. Today, we'll be presenting another one of our video podcasts as well as the audio podcast, which you can find in our podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. You can also check us out on YouTube now. Um, Today, we're very excited to be starting a new series related to cybersecurity and data breaches. And to help us explore this topic, we're going to be joined today by a very special guest, uh, Brandon Abshire. He's one of our colleagues here at the Columbus office of Reminger. And in addition to being a partner in our office, he is also the chair of Reminger's Intellectual Property E-Commerce and Cyber Risk Practice Group. Brandon is a certified information privacy professional by the International Association of Privacy Professionals. That means he's received special training in data breaches and privacy fields. For clients that have experienced a data security breach, Brandon is there to provide counsel to ensure they minimize their exposure to litigation and regulatory actions. Brandon, thank you for joining us. Ken, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I will have to say, starting on a bit of a sour note, I am a little upset with you and Zach in that, so your audience knows, I was the original subscriber to this podcast. I was the first and I have received no sort of plaque for that. And it took me almost 30 episodes to get on here. But I will uh, let that slide here as we uh, talk today. I I will agree with you. Your your appearance on the podcast is long overdue, but uh, we finally are diving into the topic in which you are the expert, and so we're glad to have you with us today. So, Brandon, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into cybersecurity? So, thanks. I um, you know went to law school like a lot of people. I um, had no really idea what I wanted to do. So I defaulted to law school, ended up doing litigation coming out of law school. I worked at another firm for about 10 years um, out of law school. And about uh, seven years ago, the uh, managing partner at my previous law firm sent around an email to everybody asking if they wanted to uh, become certified. And it was some email that came from uh, the International Association of Privacy Professionals, as you mentioned. And uh, I didn't really read the email. I uh, immediately responded and said I would do it. I figured it was uh, showing up to some class for a day and you get a certificate. Lo and behold, um, it involved reading several books. I had to go to uh, a couple of on-site testing facilities uh, to take some tests in order to get certified. But as you mentioned, I am a uh, certified CIPP, which is one of the designations of the International Association of Privacy Professionals. If anyone here is listening, is is into that privacy sort of field, um, the IAPP is the the short acronym for the organization. They're kind of seen as, you know, they're they're the preeminent organization from a not only national standpoint but a worldwide standpoint. Um, they have conferences and meetings everywhere. They're kind of the, uh, you know, they're very big in in terms of um, 
lobbying, uh, both both from a national standpoint and also working on an international standpoint. Um, they have professionals all over the world. Um, they've got multiple certifications. I've kind of got the uh, the CIPP, which is kind of a specialization in privacy. They've got further details, uh, further specializations. If you're in kind of a tech background, IT background, you can get various uh, certifications through them. So they're kind of the gold standard in terms of organizations. So I've been a member of them for, I think, six or seven years now since I joined. And then, you know, my work in the, uh, you know, a, a lot of my day-to-day work is litigation, uh, but then I do assist clients uh, when they do have some sort of uh, issues with privacy or breaches. Uh, a lot of my work has been working with clients when they have some sort of data breach, um, helping them work through the process, um, you know, assessing the risk, um, looking at it from a regulatory standpoint and compliance with statutes in terms of of notifications to people and in in getting stuff out the door um, from both a, a federal standpoint and a state standpoint uh, to comply with regulations and and kind of assisting clients and working through that process, uh, which is always kind of a nightmare when uh, you first experience it. Well, it sounds like um, it's a story that's kind of oft repeated by a lot of our clients here. They sort of luck into these fields. Um, which which is sort of what that sounds like. Who would have guessed that you responding to an email from your boss years ago would lead to you making your first appearance on a podcast here with us today? It's you know it's sort of how, sort of how you kind of lucked into uh, being being the uh, autonomous driving Uber uh, legal expert, and you're now a published author. So you never know what's uh, what's worth going to take you in life. You know? Exactly, all sorts of good things come from saying yes. Uh, <laughs> so. So, Brandon, I will say, obviously, anyone who's following the news, we see all the time um, stories coming out about data breaches, whether it be with financial institutions, large retailers, even governments um, have experienced issues with data breaches or privacy concerns, leaking of personal information. So how did we end up here where this is such a prevalent issue? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's the changing times, Kenton. It's it's kind of where we have evolved uh, from society. From you know, everything's digital nowadays. Um, actually, it's kind of interesting that people look at it and and think that this whole data breaches and cybersecurity and all that sort of stuff has has popped up recently. And it's been around for a long time. It's actually interesting. The uh, one of the largest to date still um, data breaches actually happened back in the nineteen eighties. You, you probably weren't born back. I think in 1986, were you still born then, Ken? I was not. I think it was 86 or 87. The um, when you used to go to a department store, you could apply for a credit card there if you wanted. And um, I think it was Sears, Sears or Kmart, one of those two entities. Back in back in the 80s, they used to have some sort of a system, and I I actually tried to read up on it uh, today. Kind of figured out. I really can't understand how the system worked. It almost seems some sort of like a fax machine, the way they explained it. It was actually turned into a teletype machine. Never heard of one of those. But anyways, if you walked into to Sears or, or, um, and applied for a credit, one of the employees would actually go back, log on to the system, and actually run a credit history for you. Well, the folks at, I believe, Sears, they actually put the username and password for this system on a on a. Uh, Kind of a message board back in the in the break room, and somebody wrote it down and posted it online back in the '80s on some sort of a message board or, or something online where people accessed it. 
And they actually think about 90 million people possibly had their, their credit histories exposed uh, because someone posted this login that Sears was using to run to run uh, credit histories on potential credit applicants. So, you know, it's something that's been around for a while. Uh, it's more prevalent now as we move into a digital age. And I think, you know, I think you've explained to me that we're sort of uh, your, your next few episodes are going to be on this. And I think it's important for users when you're looking at privacy and to, to think kind of two avenues. There's a criminal aspect of it, uh, which I think we're all aware of. People are always hacking, ransomware, um, you know, that sort of identity theft. There's that aspect. There's also just the simple personal privacy aspect of it. You know, your information's out there. Do you want other people to have? Uh, do you want people to have your search history on the internet? Uh, what what products you're looking at? So there's there's always sort of two avenues. I say when you're when you're looking at this, and you know, there's there's the digital age we are in now records everything. Um, I don't know about you, but I use Google Maps, and and I get a at the end of the month, I will get a a history of everywhere I travel, and Google is recording everywhere I go. Now you obviously sign you know sign you check off a box and agree to do that, but they're they're tracking you. Um, so. And there's big business in that. Uh, that's you know that's a huge industry. Uh, Google and Facebook, you see them all over the news. I mean that's that's their business model. Um, you know if you ever notice, you know you get on Google, you do a search for something, and all of a sudden you start getting targeted advertisements. Um, it starts popping up on websites, uh, the same products you're looking for. Uh, you know rolls over to Facebook. You, you do some sort of search, and all of a sudden you're getting Facebook ads for a product you were looking for. Um, you know, that's, that's their business and it's a huge business. And they actually say, uh, you know, entities like, they actually, I think Facebook, actually, the estimate is they make anywhere between seven and $11 a person, uh, per each user, depending on how heavy the user they are. So your information that you have out there is valuable. Um, and you know, we're living in an age now where the question is, is, you know, how do you balance that? How do you balance that between, your personal privacy and using the products. Uh, for instance, if you you know if you want to use Google Maps, they're going to track you. Um, that's 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 it. So you know that that's that's something to think about. And I think it's when you're when you're looking at these topics, I always say there's you know there's two avenues: the criminal side and the personal privacy side. And that that is an interesting point, right? All of us today in this in this sort of connected digital age are using technology that's tracking and recording information that's then stored um, to be used for various purposes, whether it's to advertise things to you, um, to help businesses use that data to moderate when they're going to have demand at certain times of day. Um, You often hear the thing that if you're using a service for free, like Facebook or Google, that means you are the product. You are how the the company's making product, uh, how making their profit is from your use and the information that you generate. No, nothing's free. And, it, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm of the standpoint that, you know, being a privacy professional, if somebody really wants to track what I'm doing on a daily basis, I really don't care. I, I live a pretty boring life. Some people might have an issue with, it. um, and, and it's important, I think, and, and, you know, I think I'm going to talk about a little bit about this today is, is where is this balancing act? And, and you know, um, where do we draw the line with, with taking people's information and them not knowing about it? And using that information to, to profit. I mean, you you're a prime example. You're you are a uh, male. You know, you're in the you're into that twenty to forty category. 
you are a prime ad marketing target for so many industries from sports, um, fitness equipment, uh, all these all these industries, social media aspects of it. You are a main target, and your information is valuable, Ken. You might not know that, but you you know you are a valuable specimen. I, I'm I'm hit to hit my 40s, so I'm starting to kind of move out of that target target range. But in terms of people that are buying products and stuff, it's uh, you know it's big business. Thank you for joining us for part one of our discussion with Brandon Abshire about data breaches and data security. Please be sure to join us next week on the Reminger Report podcast on emerging technologies when we'll be continuing our conversation with Brandon and discussing the legal framework related to data privacy and responding to data breaches. 